think. Okay, now that I've properly psyched you out and scared the bejesus out of you with my random vagueness, welcome, Rachel. This has been in the making for a long time because I had these friends tell me about you as I was entering the portal of Coherent Land. And of course, I'm um, like super nerdy, researchy online person. So I Googled and then went down the deep dive of your amazing visual art, poetry, performances. I have never seen anything like you. Oh my God. Thank you. It sounds like you watched The Quickening maybe, which is like the spoken word film and it's got like, yeah, the videos. It's the director is amazing. It's Bradford Cooper. Yeah. And I just, yeah. just not to be confused with Bradley Cooper. It's not that Bradford. Yeah, I threw that in. <laughs> you said the right thing. Yeah. But then but here's what like I With brown hair. Like, yeah, there are some similarities. I literally then yelled. I like put it on pause, yelled for my daughter. I'm like, sailor, come oh, here. Cool. Watch this woman. Watch well, that it. makes me feel cool. So Sailor was like, wow, wow. Okay, so then we start secretly stalking you on Cohenet Services. I was going to say, okay, I'm so glad you said this because I was like, oh my gosh, I really love her positive reframing of cyber stalking as be- beloved researching. That is like a beautiful reframe. I, I want to be, I be like, and then I started cyber stalking you. Like, and then the stalking began. Once I got my 13-year-old involved and then the stalking began. So you'd come onto services and I'd be like, Sailor, watch her, watch this. You got to see this. Oh my you God, know? This is so cool. Like, that's so awesome. She was in awe. Then we tried, then I tried to see if I could get you to come and perform at her bat mitzvah and we couldn't work the timing out and all of that. And I, I, understand. I just, I'm blown away. I need to hear the origin story of how you came to be this incredible poet, artist, goddess. So all oh the God, things. That, okay. What? First of all, thank you for your very lovely, kind words. I am like, like likewise starstruck because as we talked about, I heard your name in such a beautiful book. Mm-hmm. So that was so exciting. Um, but, and also I had amazing people, Ariel Morkowitz of Sviva, which we were just talking about, tell me about you. I was like, there's this amazing woman coming into Kohenet. You've got to be friends with her. So I also was was that who told you about me? Like, was it, was it her? Was it someone? Of course. See? Mm-hmm. She's so yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. And I love how you have behind you. Like, I know some people are listening, so I'll just describe like <laughs> Pleasant's behind her. She has like this beautiful drawing of like the wheel of Kohenet mm-hmm. archetypes, which we refer to as Netivot, which is the plural of Netiva, which means pathways. And so it's just like, it's just so sweet to see it behind you. Um, okay, how do I answer your ridiculous question? How did I become an artist, poet, goddess? Like, come on, give me a break. Like, I'm just like, whatever, such a bumbling fool trying to get from A to B. How do I answer that? Oh, my God. I'm trying to think, okay, I'm gonna just like, even though your question is ludicrous, I'm, I'm gonna just say that to be it. I will, I'm gonna just tune in and see what wants mm-hmm. to be spoken Please. in. Okay, Please. I'll say this, like my first, um, I want to say this. So I'm, when I was living in New York, I'm going to tell some, a mosaic of, of, um, lily pads that we can leapfrog 
from one to the other and maybe it will like give you like I don't know some kind of insight into your ludicrous question okay so I'm living in New York and I was I was a dancer like growing up my first mode of sort of expression and like truly was dance because I had very compromised hearing from the age of about 18 months to yeah. about five years old. And then there was a minor procedure was done, which um, corrected it. Thank goddess. Wow. Um, but during that time, it sort of went a little bit unnoticed because I had tested having normal hearing when I was born. Mm -hmm. Right. So it sort of, you know, was mm -hmm. it wasn't as easily noticeable and i think it was gradually deteriorating or lessening the 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 amount of hearing i had so anyway um just dance became mm -hmm. a way of you know like connection and communication i started dance very young and so like fast forward a bazillion years i guess we're leapfrogging to a new lily pad and then i'm like in new york auditioning for Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm giving you like the long version. Wait, I have to ask a quick question. Could you hear the music when you were little and dancing or was there no music? No, it was just I mean, I inside think music. My hearing was very, very compromised. I don't really remember some, it's like five and under, like I have little memories, okay. but you know, I'm just trying to be like yeah. really honest and authentic yes. about my childhood, which like, my family pattern, which maybe all families have this, but part of my specific like trauma patterns and ancestral lineage of my family's, you know, intergenerational um, mm -hmm. coping with trauma or, you know, lack of coping is sort of revisionist history, a lot of gaslighting, a lot of um, sweeping things under the rug. Yeah. So it's hard for me to know sometimes what memories yes. when a, from a very yeah. young age are mm -hmm. my own pure memories and what are like things that were told to me later about it sort of, of course yep. yeah yep. i guess that's true of everyone right like when you hear the stories of your yep. child and then you're i i often i'm like do i remember that or is that like yeah. overlaid with story yeah sort of legend or what was altered um yeah so okay so fast forward now you're in new york at this audition say, right yeah so now i'm at an audition for jesus christ superstar and I, there's this other, I'm, I'm like in my early 20s, maybe like 20, I don't know, so young, like maybe 22. And there was another woman there and she just like, calm. anyway, we, she caught my eyes across the room and we got sent in in a group like to go sing our like 16 bars together. We just sort of like fell in friend love, like instant, like across the hall from each other. And, um just like left that audition together and like we went and smoked a joint and like stayed BFFs forever through like sobriety and journeys and all of the things and we're still like besties and she very early into our friendship so we're living in Manhattan right and like yeah. back to smoking pot I mean it's like whatever I don't know you know what I mean just like so so much life so many iterations but I just remember us like, yeah. I feel like we got in a cab together, like left the audition in a cab together and went to her place and just like started hanging out. And I remember we, she lived in this little teeny like apartment that was like a hallway, you know, like a New York apartment. This sounds like it doesn't have to do with the story, but it's like, isn't it great? So so good. This shit. Yeah. So, so I hope I'm allowed to curse on your podcast. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Poop is like not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> 
So in this little tiny like row apartment, right, this hallway of an apartment, she had set up her keyboard. She's a piano player, singer, song, incredible singer songwriter. Um, and she'd set up her keyboard facing the wall because there's like nowhere else to put it in this hallway of an apartment. And she had <laughs> hung up a mirror on the wall so she could like be interacting with whoever was sitting on the sofa behind her while she was singing. And it was like, something about how she so openly shared her art, shared her expression, didn't wait for permission, mm -hmm. didn't wait to get cast in a role. Like she was also, like I said, like she was auditioning for Jesus Christ Superstar. She had just done a, like a European tour of hair. You know what I mean? So she was in that world too of like doing the, but also writing her own material and just sharing it in a way that was like, very much discouraged among women. And in my experience, you know, talk about just like, and by women, I'm just talking, you know, gender being a spectrum and fluid. Right. I'm talking about just like gender roles projected on people. This idea of like, I think there's this subtle, subtle and not so subtle message about um, it's okay to share if you're asked, but don't share without being asked where Boy, you know, boys are raised to like share in class more, and are, we know the statistics of getting called on more, and all these kinds of things. Be like, well, that's an amazing thing to share, <laughs> you know, getting a lot of um, encouragement for that. And she just had that mm -hmm. ability to do that in this really pure way, not to assert anything. And so, there, I mentioned that to say there was like some kind of powerful learning that occurred from that, but also she was very um, generous, mm. not just in in that she shared her art and her expression, but that she wasn't competitive in any mm. way. And very shortly into our relationship would be like, Are, do you write poems? You should write poetry. Why don't you write poems? You know, and she'd be like, you should do spoken word. And I was like, no, like I just was not interested. Yeah. So legit, I started writing poetry by being nagged literally nagged. I mean, I'm using that term facetiously <laughs> by being supported, right. cultivated, blessed right. by encouragement, <sighs> you know, by a bestie who's just like, I see the poet inside you. Did you always think in lyric and rhyme, your vocabulary and noticing is so incredible? Oh, thank you so much. You're it so must have been growing over your youth like do you did you think well, okay, by the time i got to that like i said i was in my early 20s right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it was there was like a perfect storm first of all again your question is ridiculous i just want to acknowledge that for me to even answer it is <laughs> is like a buying into your you say thank you pleasance yes my but work oh, is, is really powerful my work oh, is it's, really oh, no, 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 it's not even it's just like you know <laughs> that I have some sort of otherworldly like word magic power, like, you know, come on, but well, I, tell you, you what, know, what made the perfect storm of that stuff. The thing I, I also just want to make the connection to. And the reason I'm asking is because I, my whole life have been writing through stuff to heal it. So and now I know to get it on the page when I was little, the, the phrases and the words were spinning in my head, but I didn't have the, I didn't know to land them somewhere to move through it. 
And so it wasn't until much later that I was able to do that integration. So that's, I'm curious about your creative process, given the depth um, and the brilliant language that you use, there's so much intelligence that I'm, I'm curious if that was always there. Did it come out through singing or dancing and then to poetry? Like, what was that like? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, there's two part answer. I want us to answer both kind of things that you brought up, which is like the first part, like I was saying. So the the things that sort of made the perfect storm of where I ended up was really that I was, you know, first and foremost, that as a child, I was an avid reader. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. you know, writing is one of those rare things yeah. that you can, by taking in yeah. the offerings of others, you know, you can cultivate what one of the tools that is needed, which is a vocabulary, you know what I mean? So that's how, you know, and then, and then I was like, so, cause again, I was really like, I, I wasn't a journal keeper. I wasn't somebody who was using writing to reflect, although, and this is the second part I was going to say, feel like I'll slip this in right now just because it's like chronologically where it happens. This is, you're reminding me of something really interesting when you're talking about the spinning and then the writing it down to like stop the spinning. Mm-hmm. It's like, of course, like a beautiful technique. Um, I'm remembering, so my mom is like very much like a um, undercover mystic. Like she wouldn't cop mm-hmm. to it, but she would like, like, we grew up in like a really small town called San Luis Obispo and she'd be like, Rachel, I'd be like young, I don't know, from age 11 through age 20s, something. She'd be like, Rachel, there's a psychic coming to town. I'm like, these like itinerant, like, you know, traveling psychics. She'd be like, we're going to go see the psychic, you know. So, but if you ask, like, are you into mystical things? She'd be like, what? I don't know what you're talking about, right? Which is like a whole other thing we could talk about of like ancestral uh, stuff and like what's yeah. been repressed and lifted up. And she's so, so powerful and humble. And <laughs> well, I'm having so many connections of thoughts in this mm-hmm. moment. So I'm remembering this one time that she t- took me to a psychic. And I feel like I was very young at this point, but like maybe early teens. And I'm just remembering this moment where the psychic was saying like, that for me specifically, kind of that same idea, like instead of letting something spin in my mind, which again, this is like great therapeutic advice too. It's not like this yeah. like just pulled it out of the air. It's like very common therapeutic advice, but she was like, you really like write things down, make lists, like write everything down. Like that's going to be good for your brain to like stop the ruminating and stuff like a pretty young age. And I remember sort of, you know, I was like a teenager or whatever, like sort of doing that and heeding that advice, but more in like a list making way, not like of expressing my feelings or anything. And so, okay. So then, so I was a very avid reader from a very young age. Again, I couldn't hear. So there's stories about me. Like I would go to the bathroom. Right. And also I had two younger siblings, 18 months younger and 18 months younger. So factor all this in on that. Here's another lily pad, right? Yep. So I looked like a little Persian man, which is great. I'm just saying of like, turns I looked like a little elderly old Persian man. The pictures of me as a baby have like a furrowed brow, a very serious demeanor of a, a man who's been through a lot and has some wisdom, maybe of some stuff. 
not a and then so then my younger siblings were like a scoop of strawberry ice cream and then like a scoop of vanilla ice cream like my baby sister was like strawberry shortcake like like orange ringlets yeah just like beyond gorgeous like chic's a pretty right and then my brother had blonde ringlets which he would refuse to cut his hair people didn't know if he was a boy or girl and i you know he had these blonde ringlets. So I would literally, I remember getting like body checked out of the way by adults to go into the cuteness of my, and I couldn't hear what's going on, right? <laughs> so I don't, all I know is I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, they're cute, get into it. Yeah, it's true, you know, I see their cuteness too. Yeah. So I was an, a very avid reader and there's stories of me going to the bathroom and like my parents thinking like how long is she pooping for <laughs> and then i'd be like reading every shampoo bottle like just and like anything and they'd be like give her a book like what is just like any so i think it was part of out of that same thing maybe oh my god so that it was like some sort of entry point of language and i remember so i loved reading felt like vital yeah um and then you know wait i need to interject pause Okay. That's the correct grammar for the pause point because I want you to continue. But I have to know what were like two or three of your favorite books growing up. Grammar. I don't know what the grammar of pause would be. I feel like just pauses. Blackouts of my childhood. And there's also books that I love that I like read later and I'm like, oh, I didn't really even understand so much of that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So the, and also childhood is so big, right? So like, let me choose, let me see. There's anything that comes I to know, mind. I know, but I wanna like really like, like there's this one book, they're kind of funny answers, but there's this one book that was like, my dad isn't, this is funny too and interesting. My dad was an English professor, he's still alive. He's just retired, thank God he's among us. He just retired but he was a literature professor for many years. And oh. now as of like the last decade, but well after I had begun is a professional poet, but I think was a poet also before I was born. Oh. It's like a whole interesting yeah. thing. And now it's like a published poet went to, um, went back to got his MFA in creative writing after oh. having a PhD in literature <laughs> and teaching for years and like all, yeah. Oh. so. So that's an interesting thing. Um, I love that. Right? Yeah. So anyway, okay. I forget why I was even mentioning that part, to be honest. I got myself distracted by thoughts of my dad. Favorite book? It's oh, okay if you don't have Yeah. One. Okay. So my dad would get sample <laughs> literature books sent oh, yeah. to him because he was a literature professor. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he had this one book called the Norton Anthology of Children's Literature was sent to him. So he gave it to me, of course, you know, and it was like, mm -hmm. like a Shakespeare sized book, a Shakespeare, you know, and I loved that. You can get it. I've, I've since like, I waited basically like from the time the internet began. Mm -hmm. I was like, one day <laughs> I'm going to get that book. that book. Yeah. I know. I was like, as I'm like, Amazon, I'm like, yeah, there was that and this one album that I knew I was like, eventually we'll get to the point. And like, you know, of course, like all the used books, now you can find it for like $3, this exact yeah. book if you want. It's the version with the bluish cover with little trees on it. Like I recommend it has like Nikki Giovanni poetry and stuff like it has really yeah. cool poetry in there for kids. Even some like, whoa, that's kind of intense for kids, y'all. It's like, yeah. 
and it's like those pa- like super thin pages yeah. like it's so yeah. much and i just oh i loved that book so i feel like mentioning that yeah and the thing that does stand out to me the most is it it had you know some nikki giovanni in there that was yeah. like and then okay and then also like books that just like took me out. i mean judy bloom just like ugh. I was just yeah. talking about Judy Bloom recently with someone, so it feels good to like lift her up. I just feel like, I mean, what, what a, what a voice. We it's got like, to. I saw her. All to think about. She came to DC and spoke a few years ago, right before COVID, actually, and at Sixth and I, <clears throat> and um, it was so interesting because people kept asking her, "How did you write these books?" And she kept saying, like, in all different forms, "I don't know." I don't even know the stuff like they wanted to know, like, did you, had, did you plot out the narrative? What was the protagonist? You know, they wanted that. And she was like, I was raising little kids. I would go into my room office. I would write and then I would leave. And later I'd read the pages and I wouldn't even know what I wrote. I don't even know those things that I wrote, meaning like facts or colors or information. So from the like spiritual creative side, I was like, oh, the, she it's just flowing through. There's no cognition. There's no plan. There's no intuition about what would work or wouldn't work from the mind, from the intellect. She would just go and be like, bleh, and then it would be done. And she couldn't explain it. She just kept saying to us all night, I can't explain it. And everybody is so DC for people to be like, well, tell me exactly yeah. how this, you know, what they was want to know the formula so they can read. Yeah re re whatever I can't think of and understand it because it's so impactful when you think of those your own bed or wherever you were reading it your own life experiences your own like connection to how she made us feel I think people want to understand it and the point is sometimes with creative work we're never going to understand it we don't know where it comes from we don't know how to we don't need to put it in a bow and tie it up and put it in a box it's just that moving you know yes and I mean part of my other part of my life is teaching creative writing you know what I mean so it's like yes yes, and yeah so I guess it's like about like you know sort of like setting the table for the feast like maybe there's some like element of magic that's like ultimately sort of unknown and but you can still like put it in a container yeah yeah like invite the guests right yeah. you know totally. and have like all the best silverware out and like right and so the voices are welcome to speak but that like we still even yeah. though yeah. like we know things we're not conscious of knowing and not just from mystical places right like we're we're limited right. in terms of our consciousness right. so there right. is also much that we know and also at this point the whole interwebs at our fingertips, right? So we are able to research and validate. It gets to a tricky place, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to say too much about just like, oh, research something and write in some other voice. It's not that. I'm definitely not happy. And she definitely didn't have access to no. that. I mean, nowadays we do, but she definitely didn't. So it was really no, interesting. More what I think what's yeah. interesting, what she's, what I hear her saying, and you like imparting this is she was writing out of necessity. She was like writing herself to life. She was like, this is my little window of time. 
So yeah. these questions of like how, like you know, critical theory. Yeah. How should I do it? What's yeah. the right approach? What will yeah. be the most efficient? She was like, "What? This is like you know, getting a, a hit off the oxygen tank. What are you kidding? Yeah. This, this yeah. is about like how can I maximize you know book potential? How can, no? It's like." And I think there was something in the routine and the rhythm of it that speaks to your structured aspect to the teaching of creative of creativity or creative writing or painting or whatever is that there was this rhythm and routine to showing up every day, especially because lives were, were, and she said this a lot too, like lives were so much smaller. You guys, you know, she said to us, you have to understand, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have phones. I was alone in my house with my children. And that was my only escape. And so just kind of the, the shift of all of that for us as creatives, like how much bigger our lives can be, which is yeah. good and bad. Yeah. It's, it's true. <laughs> but also like, if that's like what you would need to like give, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yes. And like, like there's people doing that with their Instagram stories and there's people oh, yeah. on TikTok and there's people, you know what I mean? And there's yep. people doing it in nonverbal ways, yeah. you know, and those ways are super valid and amazing. And, you know, and so like, I think it is just beautiful that she, like she created, like you said, kind of like, you know, that container, that sacred yeah. castle to let it and not worry about <clears throat> if it's right or wrong just let it come out yeah yeah there wasn't a lot of that okay so now you're dancing you've met this incredible friend and we know we don't have like five more hours that i wish we had to keep talking about all of this so well basically well, I was asked, you had asked me like what were the things that made me yeah vocabulary quote unquote in your words yes. vocabulary but so it was being an avid reader and then i was like you know, I got, I was a huge hip hop fan from a very young age, like as, yeah. So that also greatly impacted my vocabulary and, and everything about me hmm. and ev like everything, everything good in my life. And I would actually challenge most people to deeply consider this maybe not everything, but a very, very large percentage of what's good about my life. And I mean that very sincerely has come directly from black culture. And like, that's something I have to be accountable for. But like, whether it comes from my own pleasure, if it's like listening to Stevie Wonder or Otis Redding, or what I'm just literally being like, these are my Rebbies, like, this is my truth. Like, this is, mm -hmm. and just being like, feeling like less alone on this planet by like speaking about poetry of others, you know, yeah. or my own, and like the culture of spoken word, I think is delusional to pretend that it's not something that's a yeah. black culture and it's just, it's just as appropriative to, you know, that sign for me to be accountable for that almost, you know, everything good in my life, whether it's my own, you know, um, whatever you want to call it, um, career, or identity or um, body of work, whatever you want to call it, of, mm -hmm. as a poet, mm -hmm. um, to not uh, acknowledge I owe a debt to black culture would be delusional. Mm. So hip hop next. And then after that, I went, so it was, you know, you can imagine a hardcore dancer. And then like through a, a series of twists and turns, I ended up going to a theater school mm. that had like, a world-class Shakespeare instructor. 
and I had like hated Shakespeare. I had terrible Shakespeare education in my high school, like as most people do. Like my poor teachers, they didn't know what it, you know, they didn't have an education in it. The ones, I, the teachers I happened to have in the English department of my school, you know, mm -hmm. so they couldn't really help us to see what was going on. And so when I had this legendary Shakespeare instructor, her name is Gail Fury Childs, um, Hmm. It totally um, like changed everything for me in terms of learning the mechanics of how words operate inside the human body, whether they're spoken from like somebody on stage or in some sort of setting such as that and the recipient or read and like understanding rhythm and vibration and tone of language as a, as a fully you know, additional experience and elements of something. And so all of that was alive in me when then you get to Amy Steinberg, my friend, being like, you should write poetry. So yeah. she saw, you know, and I was like, I don't know. She And she would say, like, but you just have like a really weird way with words. Yeah. So probably in her own way of saying it, she's saying what you're saying. Yeah. Which is that your way of expressing things is unique. And so you should, Yeah. you know, Right. So Share it with us. <laughs> and so then I was resistant for like a year. We're <laughs> mm. not really resistant, but just not interested. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, no, whatever. And then one day I just did. I just wrote a poem. Mm -hmm. And because of her, I had somebody because she had already modeled for me how when you create something to share, mm -hmm. to share it and not feel like you need to wait for somebody to beg you to share it, that you have a right to express all those, all those things. I could be like, Oh my God, I did it. I wrote something because you've been saying to do it. It happened. And she's like, Oh my God. And then also to just, I'm just back. This moment is so alive for me right now. It's so sweet to think about. So then I was also working at this restaurant called C3, like down by NYU. Mm -hmm down in the village and I worked with a really cool woman who I'm still friends with and love so much today named T Tara Turk and she was really cool and I knew she was active in the spoken word scene like we were both into hip-hop and we were like work friends you know we'd like breakfast shift at like 4 30 in the morning the bar closed <laughs> at four in New York right so we'd be like you know and come in and serve muffins and tourists and um, and so once I was like writing poems, I was like, Hey, where, what should I do? Where should I go read? If I really want to know if I suck. And I'm not saying people, I, I shudder to think I would never recommend this, but that, whatever, that's where I was. That's what I wanted. And she was like, Oh, go to New York I'll tell you if you suck for sure. And so I did. And like, thank God, because who knows what would have happened. Thank God that they, I happened to have a good reception to the poem I did. It was such an arbitrary thing. Like, can you imagine if I stopped because of, you know. Right. And someone else's. You know, whatever it would have been. Yeah. But um, so that was really, that's how that all started. And then kind of in terms of that unfolding, the rest is history. But yeah, I always um, like acknowledging that part of the piece about black culture, like literally everything that, you know, from the dance, yeah. from the music, yeah. from the spoken word, from the hip hop that's so integral to my identity, you know, 
I wish, you know, yeah, it's just, it yeah. feels really good to just tell that truth. Yeah. Yeah. And so important. And so honoring ancestry and lineage, many of them, and all of those little mentor points you, you told us along the way, huh. I just sort of like see you so supported along the path as most of us are when we pause and go back and kind of reflect on some of that. So now you're Kohenet. So you do you lead, you lead services. You have once a month, you're doing services. Where do you teach creative writing? Tell us about like yeah. where people okay. can experience you now. And then I want you to read something. And okay, then so I'll do it all in one burst. So people should come visit me. Um, the, what's really cool is to come visit me. You could come to realizeparadise.com and you can go to events on there, but it's also great to go to Eventbrite and you can just search my name, Rachel can. I do Shabbat services once a month, the first Saturday of every month called Realize Paradise Shabbat Soul Journey. And it's at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Everybody's welcome, free, of course, Shabbat. Um, and I do a new moon circle, the new moon of every month, and also is free. And so people should come to both of those things. And like, they're just the, just the beginning of things. There's also, I teach writing workshops independently and also through UCLA extension writers program. I have one coming up called finding your voice. That's for beginning writers, like multi-genre. We're going to explore multiple genres. So people are very welcome. To, it's still open for registration. It starts the first week of November. So now is like the perfect time to, to take that leap of faith. But like, this is just the surface. I'm also like, yeah, like get in touch. It's great. To, I also, I mean, maybe just to say like the, the quickest thing, like if you're an Instagram person, mm -hmm. you could go to my link tree, my if you go to the link in my bio, it has a link tree and then it'll, you could sign up for my email list, which is really the best way to get kept up to date on everything. And you could find, you know, just reserve your free tickets to Shabbat or new moon. Um, you can come to the website, you can shoot me an email, you can find <laughs> out about UCLA. Um, you can watch the quickening, which you were talking about before, which is completely free. It's just on YouTube. So please I mean, enjoy it and share it with anyone else you think would love it. And then, okay. In the interest of time, because I'm still going to be slightly late, but I just, I could talk to you for a million years. Isn't really, so you'll fun? have to come back and we'll have to do part so two lovely. about more things. <laughs> I hope people don't think I'm like so self-indulgent. Who knows? Maybe this is a know. conversation about you. It's not. It's not you're very, you're very, very kind. They're and, they're listening to hear about you. <laughs> okay, so and here I don't know why I like tuned in before, and I was like feeling mermaid Esther, so that's what I'm gonna do. Amazing. Do you know that one? Oh, well, you stalk me, so I'm assuming, but just act like you do, <laughs> so I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a dork. And then I'll be just like slightly late for my next appointment. But like, listen, artists, we do what we can. Thank you, Pleasance, for having mm -hmm. me. I can't wait to talk more and more and more. Yes. And please tell Sailor I said, hey. I will. <laughs> I'm just making sure my alarm telling me my next client. The co-op probably will. This is like also real life for everybody, huh? Yeah. It's amazing. 
I mean, we said we wanted to be authentic, right? Look, we didn't even get, oh. we didn't have time to get to scandalous stuff. Okay. I, I know, not even. Beautiful. Next time. Next time will be the scandal episode. I'm too real. There's nothing, like, it's kind of like you said, like, I'm pretty, I didn't say that. We all have our blind spots. Shit, yeah. you know. <laughs> I try to be real. Okay. Hold on there, Mermaid Esther. Don't forget. Your skill set has been custom built. This is what you were born for. You've got this. I promise that this discontent is divine, despite the pain you're swimming in. Although you're going under, sister, there will be no drowning today. Dive unfathomable fathoms deeper. Rather than looking for loopholes, fashion a life raft from the strands of your very real suffering. Do not be deceived. This misery is no doled out punishment from on high. It is a knock at the door of your heart from inside. Your soul is an imprisoned star fishing for clemency. Let the gate swing, throw it open. You are built of double helixes, a swirling evolutionary journey. This life is a spiraling tide pool. The view of glorious sun will spin round to the dark side of the moon as it is bound to do with every revolution. I have to cough. <coughs> <laughs> Maybe you can edit that. I don't know. Do you edit that <laughs> or no? Do you? <coughs> Sometimes. Do you a few lines in case you feel like it, or you can leave it just like this. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I just had to cough. It happened. I'm glad you did. <laughs> Me too. The view of glorious sun will spin round to the dark side of the moon as it is bound to do with every revolution. I call on you to remember you. Back before you became your own wet metaphor, that innocent kid who turned cartwheels naked, shameless, and pure, that wild girl who walked into the ocean delighting in the cold bite, dreamer who believed in infinity's limitless possibility. Remember when you could clearly see the truth of what was muddying the grown-ups all around you, how you'd watch them rationalize, tell themselves lies, overcomplicate, bury their pain, only to inevitably explode in the most inappropriate, unrelated, in dangerous of ways over and over again. Remember that self-sworn oath, your vow to never let that be you? There's no roundabout route to salvation. The only way out is through. Don't confuse husk with vessel lest you self-immolate 
subsumed in ocean while an astonishing fire rages within. You must spill forth this light or be consumed from inside. This is the sacred act of spark extraction. This is returning to the knowing in your bones. No more ignoring internal warning systems. No more denying inner guidance. No more collapsing under the depth charge of confusion. Sister Mermaid Esther, gather all the flooding love that spilled in surging waves from every single heartbreak. Return it to the heart home of your ribs, interstitial glow flowing out from within. Toward the shore, there is a lighthouse of a little girl sturdy-legged, faithful, and patient, beaming rhythm-encoded messages to you. Swim up to the glimmering surface. Break through. Thank you. You're so the most aptly named Pleasance. <laughs> I'm so appropriate I have to close with telling you I'm so glad that we are alive at the same time same. in the world. It's same. such a gift. You are amazing. Thank you. Oh my gosh, the pleasure is all mine. I'm so glad we used every single second. I hate that I have to run so fast, but such a blessing to talk to you. Such yeah. a treat. Thank you for Thank making you. me feel interesting and you are <laughs> thank you thank you for your your oh. wise brilliant tender energy mm. talk more. to you soon <laughs> please more thank you so much for talking bye honey